So here's what tonight looks like. Three speakers from the congregation, folks that we pick. Um, usually it's people that the Lord lays on my heart. You never know if you're next. And, uh, and we're going to do it um, tonight. They're, they're going to share their hearts. And I don't know what they're sharing. They don't have to screen it through me. And so this is a great opportunity for you to hear, compare it to what you know and understand about the Lord, um, filter it through your own understanding, just like you do when I speak. And we'll, we might hear some similarities. We might hear uh, different topics, or they might kind of overlap in places. But when we do Wednesday Whack-A-Mole, it's a giant experiment. And so far, it's been really cool and really amazing. So join us tonight on this adventure, and let's welcome Miss Kate as she comes to lead off. That's what I need. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Kate, and I'm here with my husband, Joe, tonight. And it's really cool being here and enjoying this incredible atmosphere and presence of the Holy Spirit. So I'd like to open in prayer. Papa, we love you. There is no one like you. We need you, Lord, more than necessary food. You are awesome in power. You are fearful in praises. You love on us. You draw near to us. You bless us with your grace. You amaze us. You do wonders, Pop. We are all here tonight on a healing journey. And we pray, Papa, that you will bring each and every one of us to completion. Amen. What I'd really like to talk to you about is what Holy Spirit has shown me and spoken to me in regards to harvest over the past three plus years we've been here. So I'll start where it all began. It began with Heidi, Heidi Baker, a modern day mother of Teresa many, many years ago at a conference of more than 26,000 people from almost 30 nations. During a time of impartation, Heidi spoke she said, Daddy God wants to know if you desire the commission of love. What happened was incredible. Masses of people pushed towards the platform. It was then Heidi yelled, stop. No, you don't understand. And as people stood still, she continued, this means you may leave your family your country, all, everything. You have to be left, we have, excuse me, you'll have to leave it all behind for weeks, for months, years, and maybe more. If you can't commit to that, go back. And most did. You see, Heidi and Rollin Baker, they're sold out lovers of God. And they've given their whole entire lives for kingdom. That encounter with Heidi has forever, forever transformed my life and altered it. And it was that supernatural love, that fragrance of God that led me and my husband Joe here to harvest. I remember we were at Lime Street 
and I clearly heard Holy Spirit say, you've dug in your heels and built a condo here. You've chosen a battleground. This is where I win wars. Okay. Good word. And the proof was and still is in seeing how God has won lives here. He's renewed hearts and minds. He's brought broken families back together and forever restored fractured destinies. That sold-out love lives right here in this entire family. This whole family gives 100%, no, 1,000% of sold-out love every single day and often with great sacrifice and personal cost. Yet they have unselfishly given that for God's people for what, 34 years, Pastor? 35. Why? Why do they push on? Because God told them of all of our potential and what the enemy has stolen from us. So what, what is this love I've been talking about? And what's it supposed to look like? For me, it is that we, the church, you and me, all of us, that we simply receive people in any condition, any condition they're in and any mess they're in. And not because we have purposed a mission to change them, but because we just love people for who they are. And if we can let our life be the message instead of our words, then, then we will see Jesus transform lives. Because we really do love you. This is harvest. This is love. You know what's funny? I feel like God is saying, just get him here, and I'll do the rest. And wow, 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 he does the rest. Beloved, this church, it breathes life back into the diminished, the demoralized, the disenfranchised, the broken, the disconnected, as well as those that are searching for the more. This is harvest. This is who we all are. We love. We love well. This is where we can all give Jesus our emotional trauma. And you know that when we look up, we raise our arms in surrender and give him our junk, that's his greatest joy. It's his greatest joy. Years ago, Pastor Jim said, we don't classify people here at Harvest. We identify people as children of our king. And I thought, yes, yes, finally a church that's got it. But then there are still the fundamentalists, those that have a literal interpretation of Bible, who have gotten really upset at us because we choose to love people who mess up like they don't. And I want to shout at them. When 
did you become so perfected in your humanity that you can sit as Moses as a judge when you have no idea what you're capable of given the same situation and the same circumstances? So tell me how you can stop dispensing forgiveness and release judgment. Beloved, we don't do that here. This church is plundering those misconceptions. 1 Peter 2.9 NLT, it says, You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, a people for God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. So I'm going to fast forward to the past two years here before Dan cuts me off. (laughs) That prophetic word of war from Holy Spirit was ever reverberating in me. And as Dan began teaching us of God's perfect grace, he encountered overwhelming judgment and mounting opposition with each message over more than a year. Yet, he was always transparent about his heart, the struggle within, and that he was determined to persevere. Again and again, I'd hear Holy Spirit say, this is war. When Dan took sabbatical last year, my heart sank, as did many of yours. Week after week and month after month, Joe and I would pray, asking, Daddy, what do we do? What do we do? And the answer every single time was simply, love him fiercely. And so we have. About that time, because that word of war echoed within me, I determined to go back through years of journals, and I found it. A teaching in 2015 from one of the generals in faith on the earth today, and it goes like this. Are you ready? Exodus 14 shows us the Lord is a man of war. He is looking for a company of radical revolutionaries that are not afraid to get into a place of alignment with heaven and march towards the gates of hell in the same way he the Lord disarmed princes and powers and walk into the very same precincts the enemy still thinks they have retained authority and cause them to stand there and say, if you don't move, we are kicking in the gates. We are not here to, de- to be nice. We are here to declare holy war. When his kingdom comes, every other kingdom has to go. Kingdoms are about thrones, and thrones are about war, and this is war. And so we fight, because harvest is a battleground. It is sacred ground, and we, beloved, are his warriors. In closing, because I chimed myself on the microwave, okay? In closing, I know you. In closing, Daddy, we thank you for courageous love of this entire family, this company of leaders. Thank you for courageous hope. Thank you for the courage you have embedded in all of our spirits to be more than overcomers. Thank you for the courageous ability to go where we're not wanted and where we're not loved. 
and to keep pushing on because Jesus is Lord and that's the DNA in heaven. And that, Daddy, is your heart. Amen. good side. <laughs> oh my heavens. That is a mama bear right there who will whoop you. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. You two boys are in so much trouble. I should have put her last. <laughs> um, all right. Come on. That was a good start. Come on. That's a good start. You know what I love about this war? is that our weapon is love. And we literally, the banner over this company is love. And we're going to win this war by loving people, loving everyone really well, as best as we possibly can in the likeness of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kate. That was amazing. I'm ready to go home after that. But, uh, but, but I know the Lord's given you guys some good things. So will you guys give... I call you preacher boy, Devin Holland a hand as he comes to speak tonight. Come on, give Devin a hand. He's got props. He's got props. Uh oh. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. That was incredible. Oh my goodness. How am I supposed to come back with that? Oh my goodness. Okay, so um, what a wonderful time here at Harvest, guys, man. Golly, this is so wonderful. And uh, thank you to uh, Senior Pastor Jim and Peggy for having a vision here. And thank you so much uh, for having us. And uh, thank you so much. So, um, also, uh, we got to give some props to our praise and worship team. These guys, they lead us into praise and worship. Give, give it up for these guys. Give it up. Yes. So, I was speaking to a spiritual leader of mine, and he said... Um, you know, the only thing that you have is your testimony and being honest. So I'm out here trying to be iridescent. I guess it would be, no, not iridescent. Iridescent is like a Crayola kind of, I'm not fluorescent. <laughs> so, um, so things are good. And um, so I'm a, a graduate of Harvest House. Uh, um, I'm a, excuse me, I'm getting tongue-tied. So I'm a, har hmm, and there it goes. So I'm a graduate of Harvest House Ministry, and uh, this is, um, it's, a, it's extremely incredible to be a part of, uh, of Harvest House, and um, so being that, uh, I graduated, and um, uh, so working a, uh, a remodel on myself uh, when I came here, so everybody knows what a remodel is, everybody, you break down stuff, you break down walls, you tear out plumbing, and uh, certain things of that nature to, uh, to rebuild, and that's what was going on in my life. I needed rebuilding in my life. Um, at a very young age, uh, I, was, uh, I was around alcohol. My father was an alcoholic, and um, it was always, uh, hey, Devin, go to the fridge to go grab a beer. Hey, Devin, hey, go grab a beer for my friends. Okay, Dad, you know, I'll go grab a beer for you. You know, there's no harm in that. And I give it to my dad. Hey, Dad, here, here's a beer. You know, and it happened for years, uh, for a long time. And then uh, I would get kind of like, you know, something under me, and I would, I would open it for him, and I would get this smell and give it to Dad. Hey, Dad, here you go. And then after a while, I don't know when it was, but I took a sip. 
like, man, that is different. Tastes like garbage. It's horrible. <laughs> but then as I grew up, I got this taste for it, this taste for alcohol, and it gave me like this euphoria of being invincible. Anybody had that feeling before of being invincible? Yes. I have some people here that are like-minded like me. But when the cookouts were all over and all the parties were done, here comes the fighting with my father and my mother and then, and then the divorce. And for a 10-year-old boy, it's very traumatizing, and especially when a lawyer asks you to pick who parent that you want to go live with. Do I go live with my mom or do I go live with my dad? So I'm battling myself, who do I love more? And for a 10-year-old boy, can you imagine how traumatizing that is? It's tough. You know, I got to pick between my mom and my dad. My goodness, it's a lot to ask for a 10-year-old boy. So after the divorce, um, I started using alcohol and using drugs, fighting, stealing, lying. I got expelled. I, I got ex an expulsion because of my actions. I thought it was a good idea to uh, moon the Bayshore Theater yearbook picture. Yeah, not such a good idea. Sorry, Devin Holland, you cannot be a part of Bayshore High School anymore. You have to go. And on I went. I went to a Richard Milburn Academy and graduated there. I, um, I wanted to end my life. Everything was falling apart. My parents were divorced. I was consumed by drugs and alcohol. I graduated, I ended up moving out. I got my first DUI at 17. And things were so bad. They, they were, it, was, it was incredibly how bad things were. It was, it was horrible. I, I was numb. I was numb to feeling. I was numb to pain. I was numb to love. And I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to end it. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to go on anymore. I was done. I was, I was so hurt, and I was so done. And I was saying, God, I am not, I, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm so done with this. My mom and my dad don't love me anymore. I, I didn't finish school. I got kicked out. People don't like me. They say stuff about me. What do I do? So God revealed himself. And a big six foot four, 280 pound police officer <laughs> for multiple DUIs back to back. So you would say that I have an alcohol problem, and I do. And so God is dealing with me still to this day. And so, um, but when I was released, I had a home. Sorry. Sorry. But when you I was, know your testimony. yeah, sorry. Thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, but I need that. So in all honesty, to being sensitive and being sincere and knowing wanting to end my life and I couldn't want it, I didn't want to do it anymore. And I cried out to God and I said, God, please help me. I can't do this without you. I don't even know who you are. They talk about this non-seeing being, and I need your help. I need your help. I started looking through the scripture, and I go through Acts. And I go to Acts 2.38, and it says, And Peter said unto them, Repent, 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The promise is unto you and to your children and to those who are far off and to those that are called thy God. That scripture hit me something hard. I, I knew that I had to do something different in my life. I had to go to a watery grave. I had to off myself. I had to be done. I had to be done with that old person. There had to be done. I, I had to be dunked. I, there was something that had to happen. And when I was put down, whew, it was probably twice. I was dirty. They probably kept me under there. But under the, uh, but when I, I put myself down, or when, when I was baptized and I came up, and there was this clean feeling that came across me. And I was able to say, thank you. I feel like I'm free. I don't have to worry about that old garbage anymore. All, all of those setbacks that I, that I thought that were setbacks were setups. They were. They were setups for a greater purpose in my life. In Jesus' name. I serve a great God today. I serve a great God that loves me and that will never forsake me. I will mount up on wings of eagles in Jesus' name. I don't have to measure myself anymore. I don't have to go through saying, am I, ever gonna, am I ever going to measure up? I'm not going to measure up. It doesn't measure up. Pastor Dan, it doesn't measure up. And in closing, I love you guys so much. And uh, I love you, and thank you for allowing me to come up here and speak with you guys. Thank you. This, I fixed it, but I just warning you, if you bring a measuring tape around here, they don't work in this building. Do you understand me? <laughs> there is a, see it, you're behind down. I got to introduce you properly, okay? I'm a little excited here, buddy. You didn't even take your notes or anything. You're a mess. Look at this. You're knocking over plans, breaking things. Radical. Radical. Kate's got them all stirred up with her message. This one's going to probably stutter the whole time after that message. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, listen, I want to tell you this. We love you, Devin. That was great. Come on, give Devin a hand. Will you do that for me? Now, I'm going to tell you this before you speak. Now, I'm going to wait till after. I'm going to share what I share with you. Is that all right with him when you're done? All right? No, I'm going to do it now. Yeah, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do it now because you've already prepared your message. So I told my mom, I said, you know, Josh comes from... I'm not going to tell you his testimony, but he comes from the church world and then went through some things in his life. Sometimes the church is the most vicious thing you can encounter, especially when you grew up in the church world. You go through something. And, uh, and this has been a place I know of restoration for you, and I'm sure you'll talk about that. But, Josh, I feel like my mom and I were talking the other day, and Dad, too. We've all been talking about um, starting up a, a new outreach team to go out into the community and uh, to start to do um, more outreach. I know, Charlene, you guys were going out for a long time together. And, and Josh, I want you to consider leading one of those teams and outreach departments. So with that, Josh Bramer, all right? Woo!
So I'm never, ever going to speak with a platform or notes. Um, you know, as a young boy, I've always known that uh, what my calling was and, and what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, and that was preach the gospel into all the world and help the people that nobody else wanted. That was, as a 12-year-old boy, it was clear to me. I remember going up to the altar and the Lord telling me that. I never knew what it meant at 12 years old. And Dan hit it on, you know, on the head. I, I've been through, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in church. And, and it tore me up, you know, family members that were pastors and, and you know, just crushed our family. But um, <clears throat> that being said, there's something I need to offer every single one of you. And that's the greatest gift in all the world. We're here at a, at a, a time of Christmas. You know, you have the gifts under the tree. And, and I have one gift, and it's the greatest gift that you could ever have and receive into your life. But first, there's something that I have to overcome. And that is this right here and what I'm doing today. You know, my biggest fear and what's held me back for years and years, and maybe not held me back, but maybe I just, the Lord didn't take me to where I needed to be to be able to do this. I needed to, because I look at it like this, if three years ago, if, if I were to stand before you now, I wouldn't have been in jail. I wouldn't have seen the inside of the walls. I wouldn't have violated probation. I wouldn't have been through a divorce. I wouldn't have my children away from me. I have time, but I don't have all the time that I want. But there's, these are mountains in my life and that I never understood how I could overcome them. And, you know, one thing that the Lord has, has showed me, I was here on Sunday praising like I always do. This is my spot. I come here every week. And I'm doing my thing however Josh looks, right? And I get this, I get this, um, this, this, you know, vision or whatever you want to call it that, Josh, you're going to walk across these chairs. And I said, right now? And I said, you know, like, it just didn't make sense. So, I, of course, I didn't do that. Nobody saw me do that. So, Dan comes Wednesday and asks me to speak. The following morning on Thursday, I um, had to be up to work two hours early to work some overtime at 5 o'clock. And I, my, I wake up at 3.15. I can't sleep. Go back to sleep. So, I go into my secret place. Some of you people see on Facebook... I, I find some places at work that I can go and hide, and, you know, at, at the house that I'm at, I like to find some alone time. And since I've been doing that, I've been taking my paper and pen and, and writing thoughts down, excuse me. And what I've learned is when I write on the paper, if, if my thoughts don't go anywhere, it's not the Holy Spirit, it's just Josh. And that's my biggest problem is getting Josh out of the way for all of these years and my pride and, and, and all the things that have been inside of me and, and fully laying down my whole life and just letting God lead wherever he wants to go. Pastor Dan, what you just put pre presented there, you know, that's what I've been praying for. You know, um, singing. Um, talking, whatever I got to do. It's not about the show of being up here, guys. I really love the Lord with all my heart, and I am sold out. I love him so much, and the things that I've overcame in my life. And, you know, the first thing <clears throat> is taking the first step and standing up on these chairs and doing what I'm told to do. And if I don't do it, so you all better watch out because I'm coming all the way in the back. So, sir, can you move over, please? So this is my first fear, and, and that's doing what I'm told by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I wanted to have all the notes ready. I wanted to, you know, um, have exactly what I was going to say and follow a script, but I'm not. So my first one is taking the first step. Wait, before I take the first step, 
I want everybody to understand where I'm at today um, and what I practice every day is, is turning back and fixing my eyes on the Lord. If I told you all to look at that reef up there, and that's Jesus, everybody look up at the reef. Now look at me, please. Look how easy it is to get you off track. Okay? So if, if, we're, looking at, if we're looking at Jesus and we have sin on our left and our right, we, you can have, you know, simple sins, lying, cheating, stealing. You can have sex out of marriage, whatever your sin is on either side of you. In the, in the midst of all of it, you have your, your, um, your mountains. When we hear the song, mountains move or whatever. But the Lord's opened my eyes. It's not the mountains move. Climb up the mountain and step over it in Jesus' name. You know, I, I believe... I have found the cure. I've always had the cure. It's just stepping into it and, and speaking it. The cure is Jesus Christ. If you're a drug addict, a liar, a, you know, you steal, whatever your sin is, that is the cure to every one of your problems. There, there's nothing else that can, that can help you, that can give you peace. He's the, he's the help in our time of trouble. So we have our sin on the right, we have our sin on the left, and we have Jesus as our focus. As soon as we veer off track, we step into this sin, we step into this sin, we step into this sin, all be, before we know it, our back's on the Lord. And what I've realized is, Josh, you don't have to fix all this stuff. All you got to just do is turn back. Keep your eyes on me. You won't see any of that, but just keep your focus. Don't look down. Keep your eyes on me. These mountains in front of you, the fear, the worry, the doubt, the drug addiction, the, you know, the divorce. How am I going to make it through all these things? Don't even think about me. Lay it at my feet. Say, I don't want it, Lord. Just say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You're my Jesus. I'll keep my eyes on you no matter where I go. You have my life. I've surrendered it all. Use whatever you've given me. This isn't my life no more. It, it, it never was. And I didn't know. There was always something in my head with Josh. You, there's something to figure out. Man, there's nothing to figure out. Like, the battle's already been won. There's nothing I can do better than Jesus has already done. He's created me the way I am. I didn't ask for these things, and I sure didn't want to do this for most of my life because of the things that I've been through, like Pastor Dan said. I didn't want to be like my father. You know, I wanted to, but I never wanted to go through what he went through. And so I'm here today, and this is the first step is standing up and obeying. You know, and, and the Lord says every single chair that I'm about to walk over are the mountains that you've overcame in your life. And I'm sitting here today, and I've overcame them. There's no worry. There's no fear. There's no doubt of where I'm going for the rest of my life. You know, I just want to serve other people and love others. And the Lord will take my worries, my fears, my doubts, my children, everything, and take control of it all. Every, what needs to work out is going to work out. What doesn't need to work out is not going to work out, and I'm okay with that because all I'm going to do is just keep getting closer to the Lord and, and be intimate with him. So I'm up here today. First step is obeying. So I'm obeying. My next step is fear. I step over that fear. I'm climbing these mountains. I'm stepping over these mountains. I'm stepping over my doubt. <clears throat> I'm stepping over divorce. Use that testimony in any way he wants to. And he already is at my, at my workplace. He's already... Um, bringing men to me, a guy had a, a hand that was busted, his two knuckles, and gashes all over, and he came up to me, and I mean, I was about to jump over and do my thing. I already practiced this on Saturday to see if it was possible. 
So he brought me this man. His hand was crushed. He had gashes in his hand. And then the, the man said, uh, I said, man, you did that first thing in the morning at 7 o'clock? And he says, he says, at least I didn't hit her. And I said, I said, and the first thing I instantly knew, look, can I pray for you? And he said, yes, I would love that. And I just hugged him, and he put his chest here, and he, he wept. And, and I said, you know, I've been where you're at in those, that dark place and not seeing a way out. I just didn't know how it was possible. But the Lord has placed you in my life today to sit here and say, there is a way out, and that's Jesus Christ. And, and at the end of the day, all you can do is, is, is um, control yourself. And um, so... Divorce, in Jesus' name, have it. Use it if you want, okay? Step over divorce. Thank you, Jesus. The next one will say, I don't even know where I'm at. Fear, worry, doubt, drug addiction. Woo! Going wherever you want. Loving all people. Man, I didn't think there was this many chairs. <laughs> but, Lord... You can have it all. You told me to walk over all of these chairs. I will go till I can't go no more. If it looks crazy, I am crazy. I'm crazy for you for the rest of my life. Woo! So that's done. So we ain't got much time, so let's not focus on me. Let's focus at what's really supposed to happen. So I'm going to ask everybody to get in a circle real quick. Backs against the wall, people up front. Everybody hold hands. All right, let's quiet down. This is a very serious time, guys. I know we're, we've had a lot of fun tonight, and, but the Holy Spirit isn't finished, okay? Anytime that I have an opportunity to present the gospel, the good news, the glad tidings, the great joy, the something, the, the Jesus that can set you free from whatever you're going through, I'm going to do it, Okay? So the reason I had you get in this circle, well, the Holy Spirit did. I didn't really have this plan. So the reason I have you in a circle and holding hands, because we can't do it ourselves. You know, all I have is the Lord. I got nothing left. I have family members. I have people that in my church that I call friends, but I can't do it alone. You know, I get my strength from the Lord, but I need all of you, and we need each other. In order, the thing that's, that's helped me heal day by day is reaching out to brothers, to Charlene, who I love so much. You know, and, and, and many of, of, of you, softball, and the things that I've reached out. Before, I used to isolate myself, and I didn't put myself out there. I cared what people thought of me. And really, I was just hiding from everything I knew my life was supposed to be. And so today, I, I, I am thankful that... You guys are hand, holding hands. So here we are. Put the first verse up. I want everybody to read this, please. Here we go. And we know. No, that's the wrong one. This one. All right. Romans 3.23. Let's read it. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that means all have sinned. It's very simple. 
Okay. Let's read this one. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's read this one. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Praise God. So since we were sinners, God had a plan. There's that but in there. You seen it? But God gave a gift, and that was Jesus. So let's read this. All right, let's read this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Next one. Not as a result of works, so that no man may boast. So that just means real quick is that there's nothing good you can do. There has to be a time in your life that you've asked Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of your life. And only you can do that. I can't go to heaven with you guys and give an account and say, yeah, he was a good person. He did this at church and all that stuff. It's not going to happen. There has to be a time. And this is the time. You're standing at the sound of my voice, and I'm offering you this gift. This gift is held with my arm stretched out to you guys. This is the only thing, the best thing I could ever offer each one of you guys. But the only way you can receive it is if you reach out and take it. How do you reach out and take it? It's right here. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Hallelujah. So let's, let's, let's quiet down for a second. This is a serious time. So confession. If nobody knows what confession is, it's prayer. Okay, we're going to close our eyes right now. And let's really be serious. And really evaluate your life. And say, Lord, I, I, maybe I've never made that decision. But tonight what Josh said, it kind of makes sense. It's not what Josh said. It's the scripture that I just read to you. It is the Bible, the living word. There's power in the name of Jesus. Jesus is a proven fact that he walked this earth. But where the power in Jesus is, is that he rose from the dead. There's no other human that has done that. Okay. And all it takes is faith, saying, okay, I read it for myself. I'm going to go for it. I want to make the Lord the life, the, the Savior of my life, and I'm sorry for my sins. And it starts there. That's just the first step, is make the decision, and he'll take care of the mountains in your life. One by one, as we give them to him. We don't got to figure it out no more. We just lay it at his feet. Jesus, 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 my precious Jesus. If all I have is you, that's all I need. But once, once we, we I'm just going to um, <clears throat> pray over you guys. So first I'm going to ask, is there anybody in this room or anyone keeping you from making this decision today? Pastor Dan, as he plays, we have Pastor Jim and Pastor Peggy, and we have John and 
and Jim. We have other people that can pray over you. This is the greatest decision you could ever make. We're so close to Christmas. Please, I urge you to make this decision. So I'm going to ask, with all eyes closed, heads are bowed, nobody looking around. This is a very holy time. This is very serious. This is where lives change. Lives change. This is where lives are set free. I am free in Jesus' name. So I offer that to you, to each and every one of you today. Not only if you've never made that gift, but it maybe you just need to turn back to God. Like, hey man, I'm just getting off track. Lord, I just, I wanna be better. Just turn back and fix your eyes on him. He is our help. He is our everything. So if that's anybody in here, whether you've never done it or whether you have done it and you've noticed some areas as you evaluate yourself and you just want to turn back. You know, a man I've been talking to lately says, Josh, when you offer something and you offer Jesus Christ to somebody, you got to make them do something. You got to make them take a step. Take action and say, Lord, I want this. So that's what I'm doing to you guys today. Nobody's watching, and who cares if anybody is? It's your life. And everybody who really loves the Lord in here is just going to go nuts and crazy. So here we are. If, if you want to make that decision, I ask you walk to the front right now. Nobody's looking around, and there will be people up there to pray for you. Somebody make that first step. You know, salvation is a gift. It's something that's freely given. And the price for it's already been paid. Entrance into heaven, a life full of blessing and joy. It's already been paid for. So if you want to earn it, you can't. You can't be good enough. Can't be bad enough. Young enough, old enough. It's the free gift of salvation. And it's just a simple yes. That's what I want. Yes. Yes. That's what I want. I'm Jesus, I'm going to put you in the driver's seat of my life. Say it with me. Say, Jesus, I'm going to put you in the driver's seat of my life. I'm sick of driving and getting DUIs. <laughs> Messing my life up. Making poor choices. I make you the Lord of my life. I will follow you. Lead me in righteousness. I accept the free gift of salvation. 
and the favor of God upon my life. I say yes. I say yes. I say no to yesterday and yes to many, many, many tomorrows that are filled with blessing and salvation in Christ's precious name. Everybody put your hands together and give God a big praise. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, yes. All right. All right, this is the only time I tell you guys you can hug one another, especially with these girls. Man.